From the newsroom of Impact Alpha, I'm Brian Walsh, and this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, September 15th. On today's show, Impact Alpha's Amy Cruteze joins us from Brooklyn to look ahead to next week when the UN General Assembly will be in town, and more importantly, it'll be Climate Week in New York City. Hi, Amy. Hi, Brian. But first, here's what you need to know from this week in Impact Investing. California is poised to mandate disclosure of corporate climate emissions, including from companies' supply chains. Europe already mandates disclosure of environmental and social impacts. The Securities and Exchange Commission in the U.S. is queuing up its own reporting regulations. Roughly two-thirds of S&P 500 companies already voluntarily report against the standards of the Global Reporting Initiative, or GRI, which spun out of the nonprofit series after the Exxon Valdez oil spill in Alaska over a quarter century ago. You can check out the Q&A with J.B. Hillman and Matthew Rusk of the GRI about the evolving landscape of impact reporting. African pension funds and private investors are beginning to fill the financing gaps for African infrastructure needs. More than $250 billion a year is needed for climate resilience in Africa, including $100 billion for infrastructure alone. In Kenya and South Africa, local efforts of pension funds and other institutional investors have mobilized a combined $500 billion in the past three years. And investors are keen on the opportunities for so-called super materials. In Silicon Valley, Lighten raised $200 million to commercialize its superconducting form of carbon, 3D graphene, that can be tailored for batteries, sensors, and other uses. And Florent, based in Massachusetts, is making an ultracapacitor that can store and dispatch large volumes of energy even more quickly than batteries. Florent is leaning into the social impact opportunity of green materials, the key source of its activated carbon is hemp, which Florent is sourcing from indigenous, black, and other hemp farmers of color. And now it's time for our future conversation. I'm joined once again by Impact Alpha's Amy Corteze. Now, Amy, uh, the summer is coming to an end, and so that must mean it's that time of year again. That's right. Climate Week, New York City. What is coming up next week? Yes, Brian, it's Climate Week and I'm resting up. So it's the annual conference that takes place on the sidelines of the UN General Assembly meetings. There's a main program organized by the nonprofit climate group, but most of the action takes place at all kinds of events and meetings that people throw across the city. So it'll be a week of a lot of dashing around. Now, that's dashing around famous New York City traffic due to all the different security uh hangups and security details uh, coming around the city, bringing all the different foreign leaders and heads of state to town. But help us set the stage. I mean, the the context for this year's Climate Week uh, comes amidst the summer's extreme weather events uh, all over the world that have made the reality of climate change crystal clear. But it's not all gloom and doom, right? There is reason for optimism. Is that right? Yeah, Brian, it's very much a case of dueling narratives. This summer has been the hottest on record. A lot of people saw the firsthand effects of wildfires um, from Canada that brought uh, dangerous smoke to the East Coast and the the Midwest. There was the horrible fire in Maui. And thousands of people this week have been killed in Libya, which is 
just the latest region to experience devastating flooding. But we have made progress and global warming is much less than it would have been without the Paris Agreement, which was signed in 2015. There are also advances in technology, declining cost curves, and ambitious new climate policy by the U.S. and Europe in particular. So investors, entrepreneurs, and policymakers are pretty energized. Here's one stat. Renewable energy investment is expected to reach $1.7 trillion this year, compared to just $1 trillion for fossil fuels. Now, much of that needs to be directed to low- and mid-income countries, but the point is, we can't give in to defeatism. Yes, there are challenges, but they can be addressed. And I think the momentum seems pretty unstoppable. That's really helpful context, laying out the, the dueling narratives, as you put it. But what are you specifically looking out for next week? Well, first off, tens of thousands of people are expected to hit the streets for the march to end fossil fuels on Sunday. So that kind of sets the stage and, and raises the stakes for action. We'll also be closely watching the UN meetings, including the Climate Ambition Summit, that will set up some of the themes and the agenda for COP28, which is the kind of grand poobah of climate summits that takes place in this year in Dubai, um, starting in late November. So we had uh, previously a couple of weeks ago, we had the Africa Climate Week. Now we have the upcoming New York Climate Week all leading up to COP28, as you put it. So it sounds like some things are moving in the right direction, but are they moving fast enough? Well, that's the question, Brian. Uh, no, we're in a race to zero out emissions by 2050 and to get capital where it needs to go. But there are signs that things may, may be moving faster than we think. Green technology is growing exponentially. EVs will be two-thirds of global car sales by 2030. That's well ahead of conventional forecasts, according to Kingsmill Bond at RMI. He also predicts solar and wind power capacity will grow by three to four times by 2030, and that the cost of solar will fall by another 50% by the end of the decade. This week, Dennis Price and I spoke with Justin Gillis of Generation Investment Management, Al Gore's investment firm. They just came out with their annual sustainability trends report, which lays out a pretty optimistic view. After decades of being on the fringes, climate is now front and center in global politics, Gillis told us, and Generation is, quote unquote, calling a moment. So Generation is calling a moment, but it sounds like it's up to all of us to meet that moment. And hopefully those who are attending Climate Week next week in New York will be ready to meet the moment that we all face. And that's going to do it for this week's Impact Briefing. Thanks so much to Amy Corteze and our producer extraordinaire, Isaac Silk. Are you ready for more Impact? Then sign up for Impact Alpha Open, which is our free weekly newsletter. If you want to go deeper, go to impactalpha.com to become a subscriber to get full access to our award-winning daily coverage in impact investing and sustainable finance. Just go to impactalpha.com slash subscribe. I'm Brian Walsh. Be sure to check back for next week's briefing. Until then, Take good care.